Well, I gotta say, it can be difficult to come back from a general assembly and preach because I think I've heard seven or eight sermons in the last week all on the text that I'm about to preach. Um, and so I think sometimes it is hard to pare down, like, okay, so what idea am I going with here? Um, but I got, you know, there were themes that kind of went through assembly. If you've never been to assembly before, by the way, it's kind of hard to imagine. There were 3,200 people from around the U.S. and Canada to around the globe, from Puerto Rico, from Palestine, from uh, the Congo, I mean everywhere, uh, coming together to celebrate as disciples, to take care of business, to uh, worship together, to fellowship. Just imagine this church, uh, but like 3,100 more of you. It was like that. But it, you know, it got me thinking, uh, because a lot of the theme of it was this idea of abiding. Abiding was the theme. Um, you know, I don't remember the exact point at which I became a disciple, a member of this denomination. Um, I grew up in a disciple's church. I was born into it, was raised in it. When I went to college, I did some wandering. Uh, I was Lutheran sometimes, sometimes I was Methodist, sometimes I was UCC. Um, I was agnostic for a good amount of the time, as I think a lot of college students are. Uh, but somehow I've always found myself back in disciples. And my family kind of does that. We have wandered from the disciples, and then we've found ourselves back in. And I used to joke that the reason why we keep finding ourselves back in disciples is because we don't like being told what to do. And so one of the core tenets of the disciples' movement is this freedom of belief where nobody tells you what to do which is really great and also scary because if nobody tells you what to do, then how do you know what to do? Um, you kind of have to reinvent yourself, right? You, we have freedom, and freedom is great, but freedom both means that you can be whatever thriving Christian you want to be, but it also means that there's no, uh, there's no tenant, right? There's no list of things that this is what a disciple is. I think I probably decided to be a disciple in 2007 when a campus minister of mine said, hey, there's a general assembly happening in Fort Worth. Do you want to go? And I said, sounds like it costs a lot of money. And she said, well, we'll pay for it. So I found myself in Fort Worth with three or 4,000 disciples talking about what it means to be church in this movement in which we don't have a lot of rules. And while I was there, I heard sermons on God's justice on faithfulness, on spirituality. And I think I was probably hooked from that point on. I saw the, play, the disciples as a place where my spiritual journey could flourish, where it could become something. And I think the reason why I was drawn to it is because of a kind of dual pull that our denomination has, our tradition has. You see, we are called to be public witnesses to God's good work living our faith outwardly, while also being called to be grounded in strong spiritual practices. Disciples have this dual, we, our faith is personal, it is ours, it is our relationship with God, but it is to be lived out in community and in public with the world. And so I think this General Assembly in, 20, in 2007 was probably the point in which I realized I was a disciple. Maybe you haven't figured it out yet for yourself, but for me, that was it. We don't worship what has been, 
but rather we seek after what will be. This is a matter of discernment. Our denomination and tradition calls us to discern where it is God is calling us to. To seek out the places where God might be doing something new. And so we, as a tradition, this past week spent time talking about this idea. What does it mean to discern what God is doing? And it's why the assembly committees chose John 15. Because the verse that we'll hear in a moment speaks of the kingdom of God like a vine that produces fruit. And unless you are part of the vine, you do not produce fruit. And unless you are willing to cut off the parts of you that are dead, that are dry, that are no longer producing fruit, you won't produce any yourself. And so I think this is the interplay to which disciples are called to today, to which the church is called. We have freedom, yes, but we are called into this interplay of faith, of reforming ourselves and our communities so that our lives are directed towards God of taking time to cut off some of the branches that no longer produce fruit. And we have the freedom to do so. Disciples don't have a whole lot of branches that have to be there. We just have to learn how to abide in God, to listen to the ways in which the Spirit is calling us. And so this past week, there were 3,200 disciples gathered in Iowa. Iowa, which, by the way, I've learned, is kind of in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) It takes a long time to get to, and there's not a whole lot around it. But what stood out in assembly, and this won't surprise you, is that we are not the only church having conversations about our future, about who God is calling us to be. Churches across the country and across the world are wondering, what is it that we will be? What is it that God is calling us to? What form will the future of the church take? What form will our communities take? And how do we get from here to there? And I think it was with that in mind that those who planned assemblies, the assembly chose John 15. So hear now that text. I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. May God bless this reading. Well, who is, who are we going to be? As Christians individually, as church collectively, it's a question of identity and one that is at the root of so many of the disciples' churches and of the denomination as a whole. And it's a question, even individually, that I think makes us uncomfortable. Because it, it often calls us to give up what has been, and what has been is familiar. We know what what has been looks like. We've been there before. And it forces us to look towards a future which is unclear. We haven't been there. We don't know what it will be. 
And so we are called in this place to have this conversation. Who are we going to be? Who is God calling us to be? And so disciples in this age are changing to be faithful in a new world. And this past week gathered to talk about what it means to abide in God. To rest in God. There are two messages from this past week that stood out to me that I wanted to bring to you that relate to this topic. Um, The first is from the Reverend Terry Hort Owens, who is currently the general minister and president of the Disciples of Christ. So she is my boss's boss, so to say, if, if disciples had bosses. And she delivered a message about vineyards, talking about what they were, how they are cultivated. Um, I learned all sorts about how to make wine. It was part of my assembly journey, I would say. But this is what she said about this passage and about being rooted in God. She told us, we are disciples of Christ, and unless we are rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, we cannot be those healthy grapes, that fruit that makes the best wine We cannot show forth God's glory through Jesus Christ as healthy, strong parts of God's creation unless we have a little bit of structure. So she talked about the need for vines to have trellises and the need to have a vine grower who trims back the dead growth and allows new stuff to come forth. And that structure, she said, is the word of God formed through spiritual practice, through critical study of scripture, and through prayer. And she made very clear, because we're a room full of disciples, not dogmatic scripture, but critical thinking readings of scripture. And she said, otherwise we will be like vines that are left to grow on their own. They grow in all sorts of directions. Um, And if we grow in all sorts of directions, we won't produce fruit, or we'll produce sour grapes. And so we have a tendency to focus on programs in the church, on what we're doing and what opportunities we offer people, and all that's important. But I, she continued her message this way, if we're not rooted and grounded, she shared, well, no one comes to be connected to dryness. People are seeking life. They don't want death. If you are not connected to the vine... You have nothing to offer them. And so her message was this powerful reminder that it's not about the newest program or camp or class. It's not about strategies for growth or what the church down the street is doing. But rather it's a call to be more than programs, to be more than worship, to be more than what we have done. It's a call to have the kind of depth that comes from a relationship with God And implicit in that was that question, what is your relationship with God? What is your prayer life like? Are you just going through the motions and repeating what you've always done? Or are you taking time to stop and to abide with God, to be connected to the vine, to be filled with God's spirit? And so this question, who are we going to be, has to begin with this question, what is God doing? And how are you listening for what God is doing? Of course, this call to abide this week didn't really end with with a question, with a 
advice for just stand pat and don't do anything. Now, on Monday night, there was another preacher named Ruben de Pilar, who's a minister at Community Worship Center in Los Angeles, California, and he put it this way, and I might, I might like, put this on my wall in my office, it seems so good. <laughs> if you want to stay the same, don't abide, but you won't bear fruit. If you want to stay the same, don't abide, and you won't bear fruit. As in, you can go about life and not prune off the branches that are dead, but you're also not going to produce anything. To, be, to abide in God, to be the branches that bear fruit, means, among other things, being willing to let those things that are no longer producing the good fruit fall away. And so there is in that call another spiritual quest for us. We must allow the parts of ourselves and of our church that have grown unruly or that have grown dry or that have dried out to be pruned. You know, those things that the only reason for why we're doing them is because we did them last year and the year before that. Those things need to be let go. And so the conversations that permeate a General Assembly this week are the same conversations that I think we've been having here as church. I think, we're, I could be wrong, I wasn't here. About a year ago, we wrapped up the New Beginnings process. Maybe a little bit over a year ago. And we had these conversations about who God is calling us to be in this place. How is God calling us to be different, to move into a future in a way that isn't just repeating the past, but that is living a new faithfulness and that process happened, and then you hit the pause button and did something like hiring a new pastor. And then I moved across the country, and now we're here. But the question still remains, who are we going to be? Who is God calling us to be? It's not a question about form or style or programming. It is a question right now about whether or not we are going to take the time to abide in God. To feel ourselves reconnected to the vine. And in that abiding, deciding whether or not we will let God begin to prune some of the branches that have begun to wither. And so for these past few months, um, when New Beginnings wrapped up, it was handed off to a steering committee of about 10 people. And so for these last few months, I've been talking with those, with those leaders in our church about what the next steps are in new beginnings. And I think to all of us in that group, it has become clear that we need some more discernment as a church. We need some time not to, not, we don't need more programs or things to do. We need to know what it is God, who we are in God, and what it is God is calling us to and so these next few weeks, I'm going to spend this time talking about this future discernment. Because we are moving into an extended period of asking, where is it that God is calling us? Who is it that we are in God? It's not going to be a one-off retreat. But rather, it will be an extended period of listening. And when I say it's not a one-off retreat, this is going to take at least a year. So I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I hope you're ready for it, excited for it. This is going to be a year-long process of listening to God intentionally, 
of making decisions both personally and communally that we are going to turn in our life and prayer to what it is God is calling us to be, to reconnect with the one who has called us good, who has made us, who loves us, and who has redeemed us. And so I'll be introducing more of what this is going to mean in the next couple of weeks. And on August 11th, we're going to have a special Sunday. And this Sunday is so special that we're only going to have one service. So the 8 o'clock service won't happen. We will all worship here at 1015. And on that service, we're going to discuss more about what this is going to look like and our direction for the upcoming year. And it will be a time of asking God's Spirit to be with us, to guide us as individuals and as a collective whole. For we know from Scripture and from the past that unless we take the time to listen to where God is calling us, we won't get anywhere. I think Dick Ellsworth, who was in the first service today, puts it this way, we'll keep going around the mountain over and over and over again. And so, you know, it's now been 12 years since I went to that first assembly, uh, since I decided that I wanted to be a disciple. Um, and I gotta say, it's, a lot has changed. The biggest thing that's changed is that 12 years ago when I went there, I didn't know anybody. So I'm in a room with 4,000 people who I don't know, which is, as an introvert, is maybe the most disconcerting thing that can happen to me. 4,000 people that I don't know. Um, it was a lot of, uh, isn't the weather wild today? But this past week, now that I know more of my colleagues and more of the members of our church, I got to hear these stories. And I think I understand more now why I'm a disciple. It's not that the freedom that we have as disciples, as members of this congregation, it's not that it means that we get to do whatever we want. It means that as disciples, we get to be followers of Christ in new ways. We are not bound by what has been. Our future is not determined by what we did last year or the last 10 years or the last 100 years. We get to change as the world changes, to adapt to different settings. That is the freedom we get. And so this past week, I heard disciples who are social activists, who are spiritual directors, retreat center leaders, musicians, pastors, storytellers, missionaries. I could go on and on and on about the disciples that I heard from. And what I heard was a movement, a church, that calls people to abide in God, not to be one particular thing, as though there was some Christian mold that we could put you all into, but to be many things, as God has need. And so to be a disciple is to receive that call, to live out your faith. The church isn't there to tell you what to believe. It is there to bolster the faith that you have. It is the trellis that supports us that we hold on to. It's not a box, but rather it is something to lean up against. And so today, as we are asking all these questions about the future and about the mission and everything else, after this week of just burning my introvert's heart out, <laughs> talking to people and meeting people and hearing worship, I am heartened by the future of the church. For we are a church with endless possibilities, with a future that we get to write. But it will require that we move into a deeper relationship with God, that we take some time to abide in the vine, that we take time to rest and listen and hear. 
Amen.